0: Hey friends, welcome to the official podcast of Oklahoma Next Gen Leaders. This podcast exists to inspire, encourage, and ignite your kingdom purpose while equipping you to reach your potential for a global harvest. Be sure to follow us on social media and share this podcast with your friends so they can be encouraged. On today's episode, Jeremy Hart, Oklahoma Youth President, joins us for his first Next Gen Podcast with a message for this generation's leaders. We don't wanna go anywhere, so let's get into today's episode. Hello, Oklahoma Next Gen. It is a great privilege to speak to you today on this podcast, and my prayer is that something said in our time together today will make a great impact upon your heart and your mind. I speak to you on this subject, the missing years. Luke, in more detail than the other gospel writers, he took the first two chapters of his gospel to convey the narrative of Christ coming to earth. In both surprise and surrender, Mary accepted the saying of the angel, which carried to her the news that, although a virgin, she would conceive and bring forth a son and call His name Jesus. And indeed, one starry Bethlehem night, nine months later, God made good on His promise a promise not only to Mary but to his people when that new mother brought forth her firstborn son and laid him in a manger. Following his subjection to the law and the celebration of Simeon and Anna in the temple, Mary and Joseph returned to Nazareth where they would raise their son in a humble but holy environment until his official ministry would begin at the age of 30. Yet, strangely enough, after Jesus turns two, Scripture falls silent, and the readers of Holy Writ are left wondering what Jesus was like as a child. I don't know about you, but for me, there are so many questions that that could be asked. Wouldn't you also like to know if He ever wet the bed or or ran out into the street or cried all night long, keeping his parents awake. I have to wonder, what about his transition from childhood to manhood, The, the maturing of his mind and actions, the learning of responsibility or the decision to pursue his purpose? Yes, he was God, but He was born a baby and would have to mature and develop over time. Many have tried to fill this gap of missing information by producing imaginary stories of of what his boyhood years might have been like. Yet all we have really to educate us is the singular verse that Luke penned in Luke chapter 2 and verse number 40. Luke says, the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Then, in the span of just two verses, Luke, from that moment, catapults us forward in time and pulls back the veil of secrecy long enough to reveal one single moment in the teenage life of our Lord. Jesus is now 12 years old and accompanying his parents on their annual journey to Jerusalem for the celebration of the Passover feast. We are not told anything about their stay in Jerusalem other than that they fulfilled the days and the duties of the feast. But when they headed home to Nazareth, we learned that Mary and Joseph unknowingly left Jesus behind. Of course, feeling anxious and embarrassed, Mary and Joseph then turned back toward Jerusalem where three days later they found Jesus in the temple in the midst of the teachers, conversing with scribes, asking insightful questions, and offering unusually wise answers. Mary's words to her son were these, "'Son, why have you done this to us?' One translation said it this way, we've been worried about you. Jesus responded to his mother in what I would imagine to be a calm yet genuinely surprised tone. Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? I must do the will of him that sent me. I must walk in this destiny that draws me. I must pursue the purpose that that even now is pulling at me. Yet we are told Mary struggled to comprehend what such a statement could mean. So Luke sufficed to write these words. They understood not his saying. And Luke brought the story to a screeching halt by saying, Then Jesus... And his parents went home, period. Then silence, (laughs) silence. Really, Luke, that's all you're going to tell us? We see a glimpse of Jesus at age two and then at age 12, and then you just leave us hanging in suspense. The very next thing we read about is 18 years later. So, in the telling of our Lord's life, there there is an enormous gap of missing information. Quite literally, 18 years are lost to history. Now, that's astounding to me. A 12-year-old could make newspaper headlines for his deep insight into Scripture and then slips into obscurity for 18 years. I mean, God's in the house. You'd think somebody would keep a journal. But suddenly those 18 years of silence were broken, broken by the words of John the Baptizer, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. That moment then marked the beginning of his ministry, and soon after, Jesus would begin assembling his disciples and then perform his first miracle at the wedding in Canaan. But may I submit to you that his baptism in the Jordan was far more than just the arrival of his ministry. I believe it was his departure from a time period that many even today assume did not matter because it did not make the Bible. But hear me clearly when I say today to the next-gen leaders of Oklahoma, the missing years mattered. The missing years mattered. Those 18 years of waiting were not worthless. They were not insignificant. They were not without purpose and value. Those years positioned him. Those years prepared him to fulfill the divine destiny that was placed upon his life and the kingdom purpose that had been set before him. And although the record of those years are missing, when when the writer sat down to put pen to parchment and record... Their gospels that are now contained in the precious Word of God that we read. Although those years were not recorded for us to glean and gather from, certainly we know Scripture is all given by divine inspiration of God. Therefore, our knowledge and understanding of these 18 years was not pertinent or necessary for the conveyance of the gospel. I believe we can survey this silence and come to a better understanding of the years that made our master. I have to ask, I have to wonder, how did Jesus spend those 18 missing years? First of all, I believe he spent those years waiting Luke wrote that after Mary and Joseph found him in that Jerusalem temple, Jesus went home with his parents to Nazareth. And Luke chapter 2, verse 51 says he was subject unto them. Undoubtedly, Jesus knew what he had felt. He knew what he had heard. He knew what he had seen sitting in that temple conversing about the law that he himself would one day fulfill. But in spite of this glorious moment, in spite of this divine moment, a moment that was worth mentioning in Scripture, in spite of how fulfilling this must have been, he willingly surrendered to the process of waiting. He was in Jerusalem of all places, he was in the temple of all places. Yet he subjected himself to his parents and went home. Sure, when the time was right, his ministry did begin. His mission was accomplished. But think about this today. Even Jesus had to wait. Even Jesus had to wait. The truth is about all of us. We despise waiting. When our mind is made up and our decision selected, we, we loathe the thought of any delay that might keep us from our intended goal. When our focus is fixed upon a certain end, we, we will anxiously wear ourselves out in order to reach that end simply because we hate to wait. Yet I would tell you today, there is worth in waiting. God uses waiting to develop our trust in Him. Waiting reminds us that we are quite literally at the mercy of God's timing. And there's nothing we can do about it. I have often said... There's nothing more frustrating yet fulfilling than the timing of God. Our human tendency is to crave control. But the worth of a waiting season is that God teaches us to rather crave conformity. Conformity to His perfect will for our lives. I'm sure today that the audience to whom I am addressing, many of you are perhaps in a season of life in which God has required some waiting from you. You have dreams, but they are not yet reality. You have aspirations, but they seem so far off. You have an anointing, but have yet to receive an appointing from the lord i would admonish you today even even considering these missing years of jesus's life i would admonish you not to waste this season but find the worth in the waiting even for jesus waiting was worth going home for He spent those years waiting. Secondly, I see another way through which Christ navigated those missing years. In Mark's gospel, the sixth chapter, the third verse, Jesus is approximately 31 years old and now active in public ministry. And he returns to his hometown hearing someone call him the carpenter not master, lord, teacher, rabbi. They call him the carpenter. So maybe this is how Jesus spent those missing years building, swinging hammers, driving nails, cutting lumber, carving blocks of wood into toy trucks, constructing cabinets, Crafting household furniture. We know his father was a carpenter, so I'm sure Joseph taught Jesus how to swing a hammer without smashing your thumb and how to drive a nail without bending the nail or splitting the wood because a builder is only as good as the contents with which he himself was built. Now, there eventually came a day when Carpenter was no longer his calling, and he then accomplished greater things. Yet for a season, his primary task and his foremost responsibility was building. Could it be today that the primary reason for your waiting season of late is that God is giving you the chance to build for the future. Could it be that there is something beyond the present that God sees, yet you do not see? And God is giving you the chance right now. All you can see is a season of waiting, but God is giving you the chance to build for that which you cannot yet see. My imagination can't help but run a little wild here. And I imagine Jesus, Jesus hunched over that carpenter's bench and Joseph peering over his son's shoulder with pride as his son cut those angles and sanded down the wood. I imagine Joseph saying something along the lines of, Son, I know this building business seems insignificant. I know this seems like a waste of your time when your friends are doing other things and going other places. But son, if you'll just keep building, if you'll keep working toward your destiny, you're going to do big things one day. And would you believe those very years of building prepared Jesus for Calvary because when he reached Golgotha's Hill Jesus found the very things he had been trained with in the carpenter's shop there in the place of the skull outside the city he found wood he found hammers and nails because next gen what, what you build right now will become the foundation of your future. If you are in a season of waiting in which you are wondering if this portion of your life has any worth at all, hear me when I tell you the greatest thing you could do is build your faith. Build your trust. Build your character. Build your scriptural knowledge. Build your spiritual sensitivity. Build these things in such a way that they can become the framework and the foundation for what God will do through your life. Thirdly, and lastly, Scripture gives us one final clue concerning the missing years of Christ's life. In Luke's second chapter, the 40th verse, speaking of his childhood, it says, The child grew. But in the 52nd verse of the same chapter, speaking of his youth and young adult years, it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And Jesus increased. There was a season in his childhood in which the child grew, but as he transitioned into an adult life, Jesus increased. One translation substituted that word increased for advanced, saying Jesus advanced. May I I just point out the obvious today? Everyone grows. That's a natural occurrence But not everyone advances. Not everyone increases in wisdom and in favor. So listen to me today. Don't waste your waiting season. Don't allow yourself to become stagnant and stunted. Because of the point and place of life that you find yourself in. If you're not increasing, you're decreasing. If you're not advancing, you're you're retreating. If you're not developing, then you're declining. And I would tell you today, your future ministry, your future kingdom involvement will only be as profound then as is your desire now to advance and increase in the meantime. Time would not permit me today to walk through the various places of Scripture where certainly in the New Testament multiple of the apostles would admonish those to whom they are writing and certainly in the broader scope they would address us and they would admonish us to grow in grace, to increase in the knowledge of of the Lord Jesus. We should never be at a place of life where we consider the elements and the conditions around us as justification for our lack of growth or our lack of increase or advancement. There is no better way to prepare for what God has planned for your future than right now to do everything in your power, to not just grow, not to just rack up a few more birthdays, not to just reach a certain height, but to truly advance and to increase in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. I don't know exactly where you are today in your pursuit of of purpose in God. I don't know where you are on your kingdom journey. But I do know this, we are all tempted to believe that the missing years of our lives don't matter. Those seasons of waiting are just years in which we must survive, months in which we must survive. I certainly don't want to imply today that your season of waiting will be 18 years as it was for our Lord, but I certainly want to communicate that you're not the only one who has ever felt and been tempted to feel like this season is wasted and worthless and doesn't matter. My simple reminder today is that wherever you find yourself between the anointing and the appointing, keep waiting, keep building, and keep advancing. It's true. The missing years matter. God bless you, Oklahoma Next Gen. It's been a privilege to be with you and spend a few moments together today. I look forward to seeing you next time in Jesus name. Thank you for listening with us today. Make sure to subscribe to the Oklahoma Next Gen Leaders podcast and social media so you can stay up to date on our newest content. Until next time, we pray this episode ignites something within you.